Blog. Indiana Adoptee Network News host Pam Krosky has been an advocate for the adoption community for over 25 years, serving as president of both here, Hoosiers for Equal Access to Records, and IAN, Indiana Adoption Network, a nonprofit organization committed to enhancing the lives of those who have been touched by adoption, focusing on education and empowerment. And now your host, Pam Krosky. Hi, guys. I'm glad to be here, and it seems like it's been forever. I guess it's not, but, gosh, so much has happened. I'm getting ready, and uh, everybody around me is getting ready for our conference, which is going to sneak up on us before we know it. So um, I am just so excited to, you know, get ready to have it. Um, um, I am so excited to have my guest on tonight. Uh, She has become a friend and uh, what a great writer. She did a nice little blog post um, the other day introducing uh, our show that's on tonight. So um, I hope you enjoy the show. Um, my guest is Anne Heffron. So after teaching and writing at San Jose University for over 15 years, Anne retired to work full-time on screenplays with her writing partner, Antonia Bogdanovich. In 2015, Phantom Halo was named New York Times Critic Pick, and it won Best Screenplay and Best Picture at the New York International Film Festival. The next year, Anne packed up all her things, gave up her California apartment, and left for New York on her trip she called Write or Die. She said she was not coming back home until she had done one thing, which she had been wanting to do for over 30 years, which was write a book about adoption. Ninety-three days later, she had the manuscript for You Don't Look Adopted and the name of her birth father. She is currently writing the Unofficial Adoptees Handbook and teaches monthly write-or-die classes where she inspires and guides others to write or to discover ways to get their stories on paper. So welcome, Anne. I'm so glad you're on. I feel like we've scheduled this so long ago, and now you're here, so I'm excited to have you on, so welcome. Hi, Pam. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I think the first time you and I talked, I I think it went on for an hour. I know. I feel like I've known you forever, so. I I mean, I feel like, yeah, I mean, the minute we talked, I was like, I feel like I already know you. I mean, it was just in. Yeah, I love it. Uh, oh my! So, um, I I honestly feel like, you know, what you did, you know, pack up and and head out. How many people I, I know have probably thought about doing this? So, I mean, you actually did it. So, you know, kudos for for doing that. And was it was it hard? Um, it, it was hard. It it didn't, it it didn't feel like a choice anymore. I had, um, nothing was working in my life anymore. And, um, the, the author of the help, um, who I had only met briefly offered me her New York apartment for a couple of weeks. And I just thought, you know, you're going to die and you're not right. going to have written about adoption and why don't you just do this? And um, so I just thought, you know, it's the worst that the worst thing that could happen is that I'll fail and die. But that, that didn't <laughs> seem so bad anymore. <laughs> I guess I hit 50 and it, you know, it just seemed like, what the heck? <laughs> I think probably if the average person was listening to this, they're going, uh really um but but yeah. to us to us that's not really you know that's it's true i mean that's kind of how we feel sometimes because our emotions are are pretty raw i mean they're out there you know well i think, I, I you know yeah. I, I didn't real i didn't realize how adoption had affected me until i was over 50 but you know i didn't realize that i, I was living in a perpetual state of loss but when my mother died um, uh, in my when I was in my late forties, and then I got divorced, and then I lost my job, um, and then my daughter went to college, and I think that the, my ability to lose got completely emptied out, and I, right. I kind of lost my mind. I just I was so unhappy, and I couldn't really think, and I 
I I needed some kind of desperate measure because I was I felt felt emptied out and I I needed I needed a radical change and um, so I thought you know the one the one thing I wanted to do before I died was that my mom um, died before she finished her book and I had tried all my life to get her to write and so she died and then her book was published and it was on the cover of the New York Times book review but she never got to see it and I didn't want that to happen to me. I didn't want to be on my deathbed and just think, you know what? I never did it. I never wrote about adoption. And oh, so wow. I, it, it's funny how, I mean, the planets align when you do, I, I mean, how, how is it that that someone who wrote this, I mean, that Kitty who wrote this amazing book to help, she, she's almost a stranger to me at that time. You know, and wow. for her to give me, she ended up, I ended up staying there almost three months. And wow. it, 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 yeah, it's one of the nicest things anyone's ever done to, for me. I think about it every day. I still can't believe it happened. I just, I, I don't understand how it happened or, or, or why. I, yeah, you know, I, I, I can't imagine someone did. I mean, I, I mean, this. It sounds like I'm saying something like poor me, but honestly, you know, I don't think that's ever happened to me. I mean, I think. I no. think so few people experience something like that. You know what I mean? That there's so so few people get something that big in their life that, right. you know, and obviously you, you feel it and you know it, so you're very, you know, you're very aware of it, and, and it's a good thing. So, um, you know. That's, yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing. It is amazing. I And I, 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 I um... Uh, you know, I had first the first thing that I wrote that that was when I was a freshman in college. We had to write an essay about Virginia Woolf's A Room of One's Own, and I wrote about how my mom needed a room of her own to write. And the teacher photocopied it and he handed it, he handed it out, and I felt terrible because I felt like I had betrayed my mom. That I was talking about how she wasn't able to write, and and actually I ended up dropping out of school. And I thought all this time that my mom was the one that needed the the room to write, but it was me. And, wow. and then, like Kitty saw that somehow, and um, and and she gave it to me. Um, it, it 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 really, you know, it tells. I think when you're adopted, sometimes, well, at least for me, I, I have a, a, a distrust of women in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's sort of this fear of, you know, that they'll leave, and so for someone like right. that to give me space to create what was incredibly healing. Right. I, I, I wish I could do that for every adoptee. You know, just do give them think, three um, months somewhere. I wonder though. I mean, you know, I kind of, I kind of understand that though. I think, I think there are quite a few of us women that don't trust other women. I mean, I think that right. as, you know, when I, it's funny because when I talk to other adoptees, I don't usually say this, you know, to the outside world. When I, mm-hmm. sometimes when I speak, I say, I call people regular humans, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. instead of, you know, when, you know, we adoptees, regular humans have similar problems, <laughs> but right. we adoptees have that, extra, I say the extra 20% layer um, right. that, you know, we deal with on top of what regular humans deal with. <laughs> because, right. Right. But, you know, I'm sure other other women have, you know, trust issues also, but then we've got that extra layer on top of it. Right. And it, right. it really, it, it makes us struggle that much more. Because, you know, I hate when um, I try to say to somebody, you know, well, I... I notice this or I I deal with this and then they go, well, you know, Pam, we, we all deal with this. Okay, listen, <laughs> I, I understand that, but what you don't understand is that there's there's this much more, you know, and I've got my fingers right. like, you know, this much more, people. And they look at me like, really? They don't, they, they can't get that. But I think there is, there's just that much more and it makes it just that much more difficult, you know. So it does I, change, yeah. you know. Yeah, I got anxious before your show. I ate a bunch of chocolate, and I was lying around, and I was thinking, okay, why are you eating a bunch of chocolate? 
And I thought, you know, because I had too much to say. Like how like trying to talk about adoption, it it feels like, you know, you're trying to squeeze um, like a cement truck through a toothpaste tube, you know, and it's right. just like this anxiety of I'm I'm not going to get it right. She's not going right. to understand me. Um, so, and then uh, part of me just says, "Why bother?" Right? So I think I'll just, right, right. I'll just, I'll just drug myself with chocolate so I can't even think anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because, but we've been raised that people don't. I mean, they, they, they dismiss us so quickly, and oh, right. they think they're doing us yeah. a favor by saying that our problems are the same as theirs. But, but, right. but that's not helpful because they're not. Well, you know. Even sometimes when I talk to adoptees that haven't quite, um, and I don't want to say that they aren't educated because they are, but they might not quite have the same, um, I don't know what it is. They they don't quite feel the same. And not that we all have to feel the same because we don't. But like today I kind of felt a little strange uh, mm-hmm. I watched Kathleen Hoda, and Hoda adopted a baby. Hmm. And I, you know, I, I like to watch that show. I Sometimes I think it's hilarious, you know. Hmm. And I wasn't mm-hmm. sure how I was supposed to feel because, you know, you know, you want to, you want to be happy because, hmm. you know, Hoda's decided to become a mom, but, hmm. you know, and, you know, an adoptee friend said, you know, but that child had to end up somewhere, Pam, you know, so shouldn't you be, shouldn't we be happy, you know? And I said, well, okay, but that's, that child's still going to suffer a trauma. Mm-hmm. And the mother who relinquished is suffering a trauma. And... And I, you know, it was like this really bad, you know, I didn't know where to, I felt like I was in a tornado because <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. have anywhere to, there was no balance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want to, mm-hmm. again, again, we didn't, we don't have anywhere to put our feelings. There's no for sure. And again, we're not the first people, you know, to have feelings and not know where to put them. You know, I mean, there's other things and there's other, you know, causes and things, but I think we're the, you know, we're, we're one of those, you know, I don't know, we're a civil rights issue that doesn't get a chance to express itself, you know, that people don't dismiss us. They dismiss us all the time, you know, as if we don't have a place to be able to do it, you know. Um, yeah, you know, I feel just, and I feel, I feel, well, I feel like so much of it has to do with language. I, 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 I'm starting to, to write a book on um, adoption and language because, even even the word adoption, even if I say I'm adopted, that's defining who I am. But but I didn't do it. That was something that was done to me. And I was thinking, I think I would rather say I'm heartbroken than I'm adopted, because right. at least someone would get a feeling of what it feels like to be adopted adopted doesn't give it's just a weird word to say i think it's an ugly word i think it sounds it doesn't sound very good but right but 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 even you know if you're talking about the experience of being an adopted person and and hearing about someone else being adopted that's a feeling that other people who aren't adopted won't have and we don't have a word for that feeling Mm -hmm. and so we we can't even talk about it to other people because we right. don't have the language. And so, you know, like if I, when I found out my birth mother didn't want to meet me, th- there should be a word for that feeling. But because there isn't a word for it, I can't talk to you. Well, I, I could talk to you about it because you're adopted, but I couldn't talk to my friend who's not adopted because she would just say, well, you know, she's, she, it's her loss. Right. And that's that's true, but that doesn't talk about what it does to my intestines and my heart right. and my brain. And right. so I think that um, it would be useful, you know, because so much of adoption happens before, when we're adopted, it happens before we even have language. So here we right. are as adults trying to talk about something that we didn't have words to talk about in the first place. 
and so of course we're not going to be understood because I mean sometimes I just feel like we should just walk around and cry all the time but that's not the kind of life I want to lead right <laughs> and people be like what is going on yeah. what, is, what is wrong but at least they see what it feels like you know it's like I know, hey, you, know what? Yeah. You, you have your you have your mom reject you and then you come check in with me and tell me yeah. how you feel at the end of the exactly. day exactly then you come talk to yeah. me about that you know yeah. I know sometimes I'll yeah. say you know imagine today imagine today well actually you know um I did an article in our bloom magazine because of the conference and mm. you know um they distribute the magazine at local banks and things it's a, a a purchase magazine but they dropped some off anyway mm-hmm. and one of the women at the bank I know and she said something and I said imagine today that you had to give up your sons that you had to relinquish your yeah. sons today give tell me hand yeah. me your hand me your children today and tell yeah. me how you would and yeah. even telling her that she looks at me like are you are you serious like because well, her brain can't, can't go there, right? No, they, it can't. No, yeah. it can't. But I'll tell you what, Sam, it's more than that. It, it's it's not only give up your sons, but it's it's go live on another planet, right? Right. Because we were we were born on the mother planet, and then we had to leave. We lost that planet. I mean, that's that's everything that we knew. I mean, can you imagine right. if one day you woke up and there was nothing familiar? Right. Like, can you imagine? And 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 no. I think that that's that's what adoptees, uh, and I'm trying to reframe it to make it positive because I'm so tired of being in pain and and being unhappy about it. And I'm 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 starting to reframe it that we as adoptees we have been through more in the first however many you know however old you were when you were adopted. I mean we've gone through the hero's journey before other people they were still pooping their diapers. Right? And we've completed the entire hero's journey. <laughs> I, I think I want adoptees to have some sort of special token they carry around that shows sure. how amazing they are. And, yeah. and that it's a badge of pride instead of sure. um, grief. Because right. we are stronger. We're stronger than anybody. Because if right. you can I've survive survived losing it, yeah, I've, I've survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and what are you going to do now? Right? But... You know, I had my first, I, um, so a couple of weeks ago I went to Boston and I had dinner with Joyce Pavo. She's a, um, right. a, a right. one, yeah, she's a, she's a therapist and she's an adoptee and, um, she wrote a wonderful book about, um, adoption and she was the first adoptee therapist that I didn't have a session with her, but I had dinner with her and I've been to a, Joyce and to I go a way back. Ther- oh, <laughs> I love her. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, just, I thought, oh my gosh, this is what it would have been like if I had a therapist who understood adoption. I, I, I right. actually would have healed. And then this last weekend, um, in my book, I had quoted uh, um, Leslie Johnson. She wrote this article a, a few years ago for um, the Huffington Post called 10 Things Every Adoptee Wants." Ten Things." Uh, what was it called? Ten things adoptees want you to know, and um, uh, I I ended up having a phone session with her um, this last weekend, and we did EMDR over the over Skype, and she wasn't sure. So EMDR is this um, it it's a process uh, where you uh, work with trauma with your stories and you work at untriggering um, the, tr- the trauma and right. I've done a lot of work and, and, but it was amazing. I mean, I had such good results so fast and I've done a lot of work, so it didn't just happen overnight, but what I'm seeing is if adoptees get help from the right people, the healing right. can be unbelievable instead of you know us just telling the same stories over and over and circling around our grief and then sure. having crappy marriages because we're trying to have the same right you know bad feelings that we have all the time so i'm incredibly hopeful when you now when you I'm, say I'm, like when you when you trigger it like can you explain like how that like how you do it a little bit i mean you don't have to 
like go into it full, but like how do you do it? Um, the EMDR. Like, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So um, I am going to write a blog post about it, so I'll I'll have it out um, in a couple of days. But okay, what it's about is that there's when you have trauma, it's it's on one side of the brain more than the other. And okay. so you work with the, a traumatic um, memory, and you also work with positive um, images. Okay. And, and you, do, you do some work where you do tapping, where you can, you're alternating tapping your left leg and your right leg, or you're moving your eyes. It, it's, it's the bilateral movement that helps you okay. reset okay. your brain. It's very simple. But I, I can't even tell you, as soon as I started tapping, I felt strong. It, it was right. Um, right. Yeah. It was, and and all of a sudden, I, I mean, I had this picture of young me walking down the street, and I realized I don't have to go home. And it, it, what that meant for me as as an adopted child, I felt responsible for my parents' happiness. And so right. I could I couldn't go out into the world and be happy because I always had to go home and take care mm-hmm. of them. And oh. I mean, still, still as an adult, my mom my mom's dead, and I still right. feel like I have to make her happy. And right. all of a sudden, I just thought, you know what? I'm a little kid, and I can walk down the street, and it's about what interests me, right? What do I want to look at? What do I want to do next? And I felt so happy. Um, do you get this? Because the next day I had a hangover, right? The next day I felt guilty. Oh, so wow. So it's, it's not that it's all easy. I have to work at thinking sure. it's okay for me to be free. It's okay for me to be happy. Um, right. That sounds that normal, though, because, you know, we're so we're so conditioned to feel that guilt, whether it is about adoption or whether it's, you know, anything in our lives. I mean, for us it is, you know, our adoptee, you know, you know, trauma. What do you and feel guilty stress. for? Say, I'm sorry? What do you feel guilty about? Um, you know, I think I, I had a lot of that with my mom too. Um, my dad was in the, the Army, and so he was gone a lot. Um, I had a younger brother. And he was um, ADD and um, dyslexic, and um, he my was mom was also. Uh huh. Yeah, he was uh, mm-hmm. twenty. Let's see, twenty-three months younger than me, and mm-hmm. so I was. Uh, my mom was very, you know, you know. I was in the, the, you know, growing up in the age of, you know, my mother was trying to get, you know, like her her master's and, you know, I mean, of course she wanted to improve her education and she was setting yeah. a good example and, you know, I mean, positive things. You know, yeah. So it left, it left, I mean, she was around. It wasn't like we were totally yeah. by ourselves or anything, but, you know, that left me to like, you know, take care of my brother. And that was kind of the times, you know, we had, you yeah. know, keys to get in our house. I mean, there were tons of yeah. neighborhood kids, not like we were left hours upon hours or yeah. anything like that. Um, you know, it, we, I still had, you know, to c- take care of my brother who was a little pistol and, yeah. um, you know, he, um, ended up with some, you know, addiction issues and, um, he died in a car accident and I think, you know, I, I should have done more, you know, I should have uh, done this and, I that and you know, um, wow. I should have I done a ton more and I didn't. Wow. And I think me forever. Yeah, yeah. I think I think can I ask, we. Can I ask you something? Yeah. You you sound like you defend your mom. Like, do you think I noticed this also with adoptees? That I mean, I understand that she needed to go to school, but but I, it seems like we're so careful of our of our parents, right? To oh, say I, they did yeah. a good oh job. I can, I, when the can easily is, not defend like, her. Kinda, <laughs> yeah, right. Like maybe they kind of yeah. did it. You know, like maybe they weren't that great, and that's not that's not. I mean, I'm not that great a parent. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm sure if my daughter was talking. But I feel like it's not really appropriate for you to take care of your little brother, right? Like, I mean, I had to take care of my little brothers, and that's not great. I wonder, I, I wonder, too, I mean, I think 
I wondered, you know, I don't know if I was I was thinking of looking back like kind of in the neighborhood if I was trying to think if we all were kind of like that with our siblings. It seems like we kind of you know, I had a best friend that had like five or six siblings, you know, uh she was mm-hmm. well, she was one of mm-hmm. and then they went on to have two more and I'm like, Oh my gosh But anyway, um you know, that was like a huge Catholic family but, you know, it was like, oh, there was, like, kids everywhere. Um, but, you know, I I think that, I think a lot of people, and I noticed a lot of um, late discovery adoptees tend to really protect their adoptive parents. That happens quite a yeah. bit. Um, yeah. I think relationships with adoptive parents are, the most challenging relationship there ever will be. And I yeah. think why? that, why? Um, you know, I, I think that it is one we walk on very carefully. You know, we, we're, we're protective of them and we are, um, um, we, we argue with them and, you know, they don't understand us and they do understand us. I mean, I've noticed that it's, it's almost an either or sometimes. You know, yeah. either they're very much in tune with us or they're not. I've noticed it's, yeah. it's kind of, a lot of times it's an either or. Um, I don't know how your relationship was, you know, with yours. Um, I I wanted to believe that, you know, that my mom understood it. But I, I don't think my mom did. I really don't. I think she wanted to. Um, yeah. But I don't think she did. I don't think I don't think she can. I don't. I just don't think she can. I mean, no, I don't you know, think so either. Yeah, I mean, um, I think I think where the boat is missed is they are they were not given that information. No. In the beginning, and that's that's no. such a shame, you know. Yeah. Um, although no one knew to give it to him, so again, no. you know, it's. It's uh, it's one of those instances. Well, you know, how can they be given see, something they didn't sure. notice? I'm not sure that if they had. I mean, I had this realization. I mean, I'm finally letting myself really feel what it feels like to be adopted. And the other day, I, I felt the heartbreak. I just remember being a little kid and looking at. And I love my mom and dad so much. I mean, they're my parents. But I remember looking at them and just feeling the heartbreak of, I cannot believe you're my parents. Like, this is not right. And mm-hmm. I felt so awful about myself. I, I mean, it, it was almost like I wished I could die. Because if I was going to be critical of the people I loved most in the world, I I couldn't. Those feelings were too complicated for my brain. So I must be a bad person. And I think I still struggle with that because because I think because that, you didn't fit with them or or yeah, what you know yeah. yeah like I mean it seems yeah. like I fit like I I mean I think I've learned like I learned this in my dating life I mean I could get along with almost anybody right because right you can you just become a chameleon and so right. I, I don't know how much I lost of myself fitting in with my parents and. I um, it's a terrible thing to even think about because they are the only parents you have. Well, you know, they were the only parents I had and they're so, they loved me so much that to turn around and say anything critical is, is almost unbearable. And it's not like I have these other parents I can go to and say, okay, well now it's better. It's, it's that I have to forever live in this place of, um, I don't even know how to describe. It's painful. It's like right. a muscle. It's like it's almost like a muscle cramp, right? It's like oh, 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 oh this is really so. And then and so then, I can see. I, I'm not. I, I I wish I was a heavy drinker. <laughs> or <didn't> yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just drink this way. Well, and I think like I I so bad. You know, I want to. I want to sit. You know, my mom down. And I want to say, yeah. you know, this this is this is what it. And I'm sure maybe she wants to sit me down and go, listen, yeah. this is how it feels yeah. to be an adoptive parent. You know, yeah. this is what well, it feels like. Well, that would be a like. wonderful conversation for you guys to have. Sure, sure. 
and then somebody's going to end up <laughs> walking out. I can guarantee that. Well, I don't that. know. You know what? I watched the documentary um, um, Gleason last night. It's about the football player who has ALS, and oh, he my. has this discussion with his father, and and it, it's um, it, it's it's like a spiritual discussion, but it, it's on the level of what you were talking about. And they both ended up crying and hugging each other. Really? And I thought, yeah, and it, you know, it took impending death for them to actually have the courage to have that conversation. But, but I am, you know, what if your mom didn't walk out? What if you didn't walk out? What if you guys were able to show each other your heartbreak and with the understanding that there's love there? But you're just, it's, we're so afraid of talking. My mom was so afraid of talking about her feelings. I, I wish I could have told her how heartbroken I was. And, you know, because yeah, at I the bottom of that, I loved her. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would be nice. I think, I think the bad or the good or whatever, in, in my family, there's been a ton of death. Um, yeah. He and I are the only ones left. We've, um, we lost my brother to a car accident. My dad died of a heart attack at 52. Oh, oh Her parents, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, my, when my dad passed away, um, his mother died six weeks later. And oh. um, within um, a year later, um, her father passed away. So we lost three oh. within. And so How did you deal when with you that? lose people, you know, so close and so so fast yeah. like that, it's yeah. nuts. And yeah. you would that we would realize with that much death that close together, that yeah. would knock us head. But it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, it it just doesn't. Well, and it, it, because yeah. there's a fear factor that you that you're going to lose each other. You know, that's easy to turn into a kind of a hate. I mean, mm. it, it's weird. Know, it's, it, I, yeah, she's complicated. At avoiding a situation, I think she's good at. Yeah. She's very, she's very much a denialish. You know, she's probably going to hear this show. Yeah. Sometimes she yeah. listens to my shows. She loves you, um, Mom. Of course, if she does, then we'll now know <laughs> what we're yeah. dealing with. But you know, um, I think for us as adoptees too, I mean, you know, we really just want, we just want everything kind of out in the open. I mean, we have the. Yeah. You know, we have these ideas, and we we really just want to know, you know, where we come from, who we look like. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's not hard, people. That's it, it's really easy, you know. And sometimes, you know, I've heard my mom say, well, um, and other people, not just my mom, you know, um, you know, well, I don't, I know my parents, and. I don't know where, I don't know their illnesses. I don't know everything about them. And I think, come on. Now, listen, that's not yeah. really a fair You have that ability to go to them and ask right. them that. Go do that. Don't put yeah. that on me that, you know, just because you have this and you don't know it doesn't mean that I should just dismiss that, that, oh, okay, fine. Well, you know, I, I don't. I don't have that, so that's okay because you don't know it and you have it. Well, okay, that doesn't make sense, people. Come on, no, you know, you know, uh, you we know, need that, out, and <laughs> we do. They well, want know, me we're getting to a lot let of, it go. Well, yeah, yeah. it's not. I, it's impossible. I, I, I yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like that, that you know, like it's like we're all standing on these docks, you know, on on, on a lake. And mm-hmm. people who aren't people who aren't adopted, they have these ballasts under the dock that keep the dock even. But adoptees, the less you know, the rockier your your, your dock is. So you spend a lot of energy just trying not to fall off your dock. But people don't see that, right? Because you're just standing on your dock like everybody else. But as soon as I found out who my birth mother was and who my birth father was, my dock w- w- was steadier. And so mm-hmm. I think your mother sees you standing on the dock, right? Like, what's your problem? But she doesn't see right. how much effort it takes for you just to not, just to keep standing. And people That's don't analogy. understand. The, mm-hmm. the, because I can, I feel it, right? It's like when I found out, even even when my birth mother and my birth father didn't want to meet me, I was still stronger. 
And I realize right. it's just knowing that because if you came from nowhere, you could be nothing. Right. Right. And and people, you cannot. I don't see how people who aren't adopted. I don't see how they can understand it because it's such a body thing. Right. It's, it's in our guts. Right. It's in our. I mean, I don't know if yeah. you get. I mean, my stomach hurts. I get headaches. I, and there's like, rejection what, what, even in even in the meeting of our family. You know, um, uh, you know. I don't know if you're gonna get a chance to come to the conference, which I hope you will, because there's a one of my one of my other friends that's coming. You know, she got full. She got into the reunion just just barely into the water. I mean, you know, like her toe in the water. Um, meeting just a few, and boom, the doors just started slamming around her, mm-hmm. and no reason, mm-hmm. no one, no one said why, and mm-hmm. that was, and it's devastating. And you yeah. know, you know, all these, you know, we've got all these books, you know, that, you know, are are you know help us, you know, make our way through it. You know, we've got. You know, Betty Jean Lipton's books, we've got, you know, Nancy Verrier, Primal Wound. You know, there's, I mean, there's there's all kinds of, you know, great things. Sherry Eldridge's books, you know, 20 Things. I mean, literally, we can read and read, and I don't I don't think there's enough out there. I mean, we, I think no. you could write a million, a million books, and there still won't be enough. Um, I think all of them help us, and all of them help in different ways, and, you know... Um, I went the children's route because I feel like sometimes we need to start at the youngest little people because oh, the little yeah. people are where it starts, you know. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. Because I think I think they should start telling the the baby. I feel like there should be children's books for the birth mothers to read while the babies are in yeah. utero, even. Yeah, I oh, I agree. About, I know, totally agree. Learn, it just let them know ahead of time what's coming. Well, I honestly, I've I've wanted to start, you know, a program in the hospitals and, you know, wanting to be with, you know, moms and and, you know, that needs to be little visits with the with the infants and the children that follow them, you know, infancy to adulthood. You know, you know, how are you doing? You know, what's going on? You know, what's going on in school? I mean. You know, one of the actually one of the social workers that's going to do one of the workshops. She, um, I think, a car was being worked on, and so it was going to be a different ride for her son. And she actually made sure the teacher knew the ride was different, the person was different. Anyway, mm. the child that would have set me over the edge to have had something be different. At the, you know, someone didn't tell me. Like when yeah. I only lived a mile from the school, and I could see almost my housing addition from my elementary school. But that difference for me, it would have sent me into a panic attack. And yeah, and they wouldn't react- have known why, right? Right, and I didn't know why. Yeah, and it it yeah. would have made my mother very angry at me for being yeah. a baby. You know, why are you acting like that? Like, why are you? Why are you behaving like that? Why are you being a baby? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid. In, yeah, in kindergarten and first grade, I couldn't cross the street to the school, and the crossing guard would come and bring me back to the house and tell my parents she didn't make it. And my parents tried to bribe me to cross. They couldn't figure out uh, why I couldn't cross the street. And, you know, I didn't figure out until last year. But this stuff isn't rocket science, and this is why, I, you know, I'm working on this um, book, the adoptee hand, the unofficial adoptee handbook. Since I'm not a therapist, but right. I, I feel like there needs to be some guide that goes home with a. Ch- and even if I'm wrong, at least I'll start a discussion, right? Right. But things that you, I, I couldn't stay at camp. I went, I, I came oh, home. No. I couldn't yeah. stay in college. I, I mean, crazy things no. that people wouldn't have thought. Um, I couldn't get married. I mean, my first time I was engaged, I broke off the engagement a week before. And all of this was just because I was afraid of leaving home. I mean, it's, cr- it's hard. It's 
yeah, it's and I just I just can't believe that we don't come with manuals. It's like it's like it's like people are buying Teslas. It's like adoptees are Teslas, and they're going home without a manual. I I mean, Teslas don't even have a normal. They don't even look like normal cars. Right. Right. Well, in and in my in my Jack and Emma book, I mean, I talk about going to stay at friends' houses, going to school, you know, wanting to know, you know, who we look like, um, mm. you know, why we why we go to grandma and grandpa's house and we want to go home, mm. why we go to friends' houses and we want to go home. Mm. I mean, it's mm. like a little mercy book. It's, um, mm. you know. Literally a twenty-page, you know, children-drawn, you know, you know, animated-looking book, and it's meant for exactly that, you know. Um, oh, I love that. And, you know, I didn't want to go the adult route because, you know, I guess I'm maybe a kid at heart, but, yeah. um, you know, and when my kids would go to stay with friends, and I'd be like, listen, you know, if you get worried. You know, if you're if you're scared, you know, if you're nervous or whatever, and they would look at me like, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> like, <laughs> mm, yeah, and you didn't now, know, right? So then you feel no. Like, I, I thought they I would just, be scared, and now they, yeah. of course, a couple times I think you know maybe they did get a little nervous or something, you know, but not the nervous that I got. You know, they yeah. had the security well, we of me. You were they die. know they knew that I was there. Yeah. They, yeah. you know, um, they had no reason to fear, not no. the same way you and I did. So no. fears were not on the level that we had. No. And can you imagine if, like, when you left home, like, if my parents, when they would go out and leave a babysitter, I used to sit at the window oh. and look for the, tor- look for the tornado to come. And I never oh, told I, them. I, yeah, I was petrified. Yeah, but can you imagine if they were just sat, if, if par- even if the kids don't look afraid, right? If the if the parents just sit down and say, "You may be feeling like this because this," it it would make. I'm all for adoption. I, I mean, I like my my birth mother didn't want me, and so I, I'm glad I wasn't left on the street, and I'm glad my parents took me. But I sure wish I had. I sure wish they had a better understanding, and and I wish that they had been willing to accept the fact that I did have a, a birth mother and a birth father. And that my mother was comfortable talking about it. Right. I, I, I think that should be part of adoption. That. Right. That. I think that, it should start from from birth, and I think that yeah. you know, I, I think there's such a different way to present it. You know, I think there, there just is. There's so many different ways to approach it, and I think, you know, when we can keep you know, mother and child together, if that's a possibility, yeah. by yeah. all means, you yeah. know, we should. If it's not a possibility, yeah. then then that's yeah. something entirely different. Because I yeah, think adoption is, yeah, yeah, adoption is going to always exist, whether we, yeah. whether we want yeah. it or we don't want it. That's each individual no. choice. I'm not here to make anyone's decision for them, you know. But yeah. I think if, if we can educate people and make things, you know, better, let's let's just make it smarter. And, you know, that's all anyone's ever wanted. And all these states that have all this, and I, I know sometimes I've, I've heard people, you know, say kind of that it, my show's like an advocacy show. But, and I guess it is, in a, you know, in a sense, but I think we're all for advocacy because it's about educating too, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, we we just want people to be smarter and you know let's do this smarter let's you know educate everybody around us and if the if the adoptive parents and the birth parents are yeah. knowing what they're going into then this this has to go better than it has been I feel like. Well, you know what I was just thinking. You know, my daughter. So I'm divorced, and my daughter and my husband remarried, and 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 people ask me, you know, if I like his wife, and I love his wife, and I say, you know, because we have a common goal, and it's to raise our daughter. And I was thinking that, you know, if you know, my parents adopted a child in part or three children because they wanted to have a child, right? It's about Mm -hmm. possession, right? This is Mm -hmm. my daughter, my son, and. 
And I think part of the heartbreak of adoption, if you're really, really honest about it, is that you're raising a child out of out of love, not out of possession, because you're not the sole mother and you're not the sole father. And that, for a lot of people, is heartbreaking because they want a child who will carry on their family name and will right. sort of make it so they never die, right? It keeps the family alive. And, right. But that's not the truth of adoption. And and the one that suffers is the adoptee. And it's it's not it's not it's not a fair exchange. Uh, I mean, food and love is great, but you know we did come with a truth, and and to ask us to negate that truth so that you can have your fantasy isn't healthy. Right. Right. Can you remember, I don't know if you, I mean, most of us do, like back in the, in the early days of, you know, you know, kindergarten, first to second grade or whatever, when they say, you know, we're going to do a family tree. I like, I knew then that wasn't my family, family tree. I mean, it is, it is in a sense. I mean, we know it is our family because we know, we know that family to most of us we feel a connection. Some of us didn't. Some of us didn't have a connection to that family. But some of us did. And, yes, we, we do feel that, and we we do some want to be a part of that. But yet we know that's not biologically our family. And yeah, you know, I knew and that. I think it can lead to... But can, I think it can lead to deviant behavior because if, if you're in a classroom and you're asked to do something and you realize that really what you're doing is a lie, but everyone is acting like it's not a lie, it's like, what else can you do? Like, why not right. steal? Right? Because, right. Okay, so uh, you're you're living this, this, this lie of a life, right? It's almost like you become invisible. And, right. Um, it, it's very damaging. Right. Well, somebody had said, you, you, you know, we're good, at, we're good at being secrets. We're very good at being a yeah. secret. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, yep. But and I've, I've been a secret long enough. Is, I'm tired of being a secret right? anymore. But, yeah. But, but people either, they either get sick, they become alcoholics, they have mm-hmm. rage issues, right? It's, mm-hmm. and we're secrets, but, but the, the stuff squishes out the edges, right? I mean, like, like I was a good girl, but then secretly I was doing stuff that wasn't good, right? But I was... You know, pretending that it wasn't happening, but that's sure. Yeah, yeah. It has. It has to find, like you said, it has to find its way out. It, yeah, it cannot yeah. stay in. Yeah. It, it never does. No. no. I mean, it. I mean, it, it manifests its way out in some form. You know, yeah. it, it just because we are who we are. You just you can't not be you. <laughs> yeah, try. exactly. But and you know what's funny is I remember very early on in finding my mom um, when I was married to my my children's father. Um, mm-hmm. We were we were at my my mother's house and she turned around really quick and she said something like "What?" Really, you know, it's kind of a different tone, but I'm not going to mm-hmm. yell. And it was my voice, like for the first oh. time. I and it was like one of the first or second visit with her and I looked at my ex-husband I mean we were married at the time but I looked at him and I thought like we both went that's like that's my voice and we were like oh I mean because neither one of us had ever heard my voice come out of anyone else's mouth wow and yeah and we like it was it it was like this miracle at a you know I mean and I got to share that, and I can remember that moment. And so that was one of, huh. you know, many ongoing moments. But I, I will never – that's one of the very first – probably the first moment ever in that reunion. And I will never forget wow. that look. Yeah, and I, I remember wow. it today. And that's, that's been almost um, 28 years ago, so, you know. It's crazy. Did you, what, what did it What did it mean to you? Like how connection and mm. you know realness and like belonging and all those things. Mm. It, all of it wraps in one. You know that real, meant. Do you mean real? It was realness. You or what was she was real or you were real or it was real? Both. I, 
Like, it finally mm. meant, like, because, you know, when you, you find, like, I found her picture first, you know, and yeah. finding her and meeting her and finally hearing that pitch and that sound. Yeah. You know, and I wonder, too, and I know this is weird, and it's kind of as I'm sitting here saying it out loud, it's kind of almost like that, um, it's almost like what, it's almost that womb sound, you know, like, Almost like yeah. maybe that was the sound I heard, you know, like, mm, yep. you know, in utero, I believe you know, that. almost like, yeah. like, like yeah. your ear just, the sound that you heard when you were, you know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I remember I mean, thinking, you've been and, I, and your I've asked, life to hear it. yeah, and I remember, I remember asking other, you know, friends, you know, in my first days of being part of one of the national nonprofits and we talked and a bunch of us said, do you remember thinking or wanting to just go sit on your birth mother's lap? Do you yeah. remember wanting that's to do my, that? And they said, yeah. yes, mm. yes. I didn't, of course. Um, mm. My mom probably would have been like, what are you doing? But, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, what, are you, what in the heck are you doing? Um, I wish I'd done it now. I, and I could have. Yeah. She probably yeah. would have been like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Yeah, I we're grown-ups that need to act like kids. Yeah, we do. You you actually go through an aging process. It's you know you you kind of go through the infancy and you go through it all the way you know all the way up and that's just part of the process. So you know anyone who's listening to this, if you're going through the reunion process and you feel that and you kind of have that connection to your mom, go sit on her lap. Go do it. Yeah, I mean, you know the other thing that I would want to do. I was talking to this other adoptee, and and I hadn't ever thought about this before. But you know, my mom always smelled wrong, and it used to actually make me angry. Really? I and yeah, and what? And the other adoptee said the same thing. And yeah, I I I mean, it didn't occur to me that of course she smelled wrong. And I I wish. I mean, I I never met my birth mom, but. But I, I just wonder what it would have been like to smell her, you know, if it's, it would I know, I know smell what you mean. familiar. Yeah. yeah. I don't, it's funny because I don't remember. My mom, my my birth mom, though, was very, she 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 wanted me there and, and she wouldn't have not wanted me there. So this is a weird statement. Mm. So she she had me there, but within a half an arm's length away. But she would hug me, and when she would call and say, okay, this is, I can still hear it now. She, you know, of course, she passed away from breast cancer um, four years mm-hmm. ago. But um, she would call, and she would leave a, a message and say, uh, hi, it's your mom, and it sounds like my voice. Our voices Whoa. are very similar. And um, wow. but, but she was also very careful not to let me all the way in. Yeah. She was very guarded she relinquishing me along with i'm sure other things in her life i'm sure almost killed her you know um yeah sometimes do you think the more i learn about um birth mothers i sometimes i think they have it worse of everybody but, uh yeah we didn't, I, I think we it's didn't rest. choose we didn't choose to be adopted but they chose well they didn't all choose but we'll say they right. chose to give up the baby and then you have to live with that. Yeah, I'm sure it's – I think we all suffer. I mean, you know, well, what I've always said is, and not not in every case of, of the adoptive parent, but in, in, in quite a few of the cases, we all come at this with loss in most cases. Yeah. Um, like I said, not all adoptive parents come at it at loss, but a, a good yeah. percentage do. So how is this supposed to start out great? When we come at this with loss, I mean, it's already in the negative. Yeah. So how do we turn this actually, around? But, but, I mean, but, but, you know. But, 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 and you can ask that in a real way, right? Like, how can we make this great? Because huh. I, I feel like we can make it great. But huh. part of it has to do with just acknowledging it, right? Like, I came from it's – like, it's like when you're a little kid and you hurt your knee. If, if someone doesn't give you the proper attention, you feel super sad. But if sure. someone band, hugs you and bandages you, then you, you can move on with your day. And I feel like adoptees just need to be hugged. 
that was rough right like well you must need some x you need some extra attention you need because i just think adoptees uh, i i told someone that i thought adoptees were special need and he said that's probably not a really good thing to say but i thought (laughs) i feel like i have special needs right like i i need in different situations i need more accommodations and um if I get them, I am going to be such a compassionate, strong person. It's worth giving us a little extra love. I do think, I think we need special accommodations. Maybe that's a different term, yeah. but I think that yeah. I know it sounds like I'm really pushing the conference, but, and I don't think people understand for anyone who's not been to one of these, it, it literally will change your life. There is no. You know, I. I yeah, it, it I, will. I think just just being. I went to Boston recently to um to interview some adoptees, and it was the first time I'd spent time with adoptees. And what I realized was that our skin kind of vibrated on the same level, and it felt yeah. really sure. good. And so I, I can't even imagine. Oh yeah. Um, what it would be like to be with a whole conference yeah. full of people like that. It, I, it's brilliant. Like, that I. Doing this. I mean, when, and you'd better go. So, no, but, like, when when the the two days are up, I mean, you need 24 to 48 hours to recover. I mean, it is, yeah. I mean, you know, it is, it is literally life-changing. There is no replacement mm. for it. I didn't think I needed it. The first time I went to one, I had been in reunion for 15 years. Why did I need one? What did I need yeah. it for? I mean, yeah. you know, I was only half reunion. I was, you know, but um, the, these, this will, this will change people's lives. And I, it is not about money. It is not about whatever. You know, these keynote speakers are experts in their field. They have stuff to tell you that will help you change and turn around how you think about mm-hmm. things, look yeah. at things, how you process things, and that's what we need to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. The whole Um, we should all get tax breaks so that every adoptee can attend. Yeah, I wish really. I mean, and anyone who's listening, um, I seriously will will help you. Um, I will, I will do my best to give you a a discount. So anyone Mm. who is listening to this, you know, um, get a hold of me. Um, This conference, it's going to be kick butt. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm so glad to have had you on. So, hey, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, um, yeah. of course, they're going to come to the conference and see you. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> tell, tell me or tell everybody how they can get a hold of you if they want to, like, tweet you or write you or whatever. Sure. Well, first they can go to Amazon and they can buy my book so that I can go yes. to the conference. So my book is um, <laughs> You Don't Look Adopted, and it's on Amazon. And then I'm on Facebook um, under Anne Heffron, and I'm trying to learn how to Twitter, but um, it's it's like I have a stutter right now, so I'm, I'm <laughs> learning. But that's at Anne Heffron. Uh, and then, um, yeah, that's how to reach me. Um, You're doing great on there. You're doing fine. You're doing just as, as fine as me. So. Oh, and I have a um, blog. I forgot. It's at oh, yeah, do your blog. Yeah, where is it? Yeah, my blog is anheffron.com. Yeah, I love that. I yeah. think that's everything. Yeah, go check all that out, you guys, and you can listen yeah. to this again if you, if you don't, you know, find it. And um, you can always put it on, on my page, or you can give me the information, and we'll put it up. Um, okay. So everybody come to the conference. You can find yeah. us at indianaadopteenetwork.org. And backslash 2017 conference, so it's so easy. So Indiana Adopting Network dot org backslash 2017 conference, and you can come join us. So thanks for being on, Anne. I love this. We could talk for like two hours. So um, yeah, thank um, you. So fun. Thank you so much. Well, I'm so glad you were on. So everybody, you know, um, come join us, please, you guys. This really will change your life, and. Um, Gosh, it's been a great night, you guys. And so you guys know, 
You know, my favorite sign-off, it's from my favorite, favorite DJ that um, I loved in high school. Um, he he had a, a horrible, horrible, um, he died in a, in a fire. So it's his favorite sign-off. So everybody, until next time, blue skies and green lights, everybody, until next time. Thanks, Ann. We'll talk soon. Uh, bye, everyone. Bye, Pam.